Thank you very much. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to this very first core learnings call for CD on a separately listed company. Uh, this is a big day. It's a big moment for me personally. And I'd like to start by thanking you all for uh, your interest in uh, CD on and our journey. Uh, my name is Isofer Bellihario. Uh, I'm the CEO of CD on since a few years back. Uh, and with me in the meeting, uh, I have our CFO, Niklas Seeger. And um, he's also been with me during the last couple of years, where we have been working to transform a 20-year-old retailer into a marketplace and a tech provider. For me personally, throughout my career, um, it's always been about how to make the meeting between, between a buyer and a seller as smooth and as convenient as possible. Why is this important? Well, it's important because it generates value for everyone involved. And the buyer will get his or her problem solved, and the seller will sell more, and everyone is happy. And I joined CDON in 2017. Uh, that's a little bit over three years ago, and I was amazed because I saw a rare opportunity to actually go and build a company that could improve this meeting between the buyer and the seller. I joined CDON in an age where there was available technology and the right competency to go and do this. In 2017, CDO was just a shell. It wasn't really much to me because it was retail. It was a business model that I had tried for 20 years and I failed so many times. But I also saw that there were strong assets in the company that could be used to create this vision of the perfect meeting. CDO had a very strong and known brand since many years in all of our markets. It may well be that we were known for being CD records online, but it was very well known uh, in every market that we operate. We also had a huge amount of in-house competency about e-commerce, and I was actually shocked about this fact. That was one of the first things I talked about with my friends after joining CDON. I came from Dusty, which is a very strong Nordic uh, e-tailer, but when I came to CDON, pretty much everyone knew a lot about e-commerce, and that, that impressed me. We also had a lot of active customers. In, in attractive categories. Uh, we had existing product sales volumes, and those, could gave, those gave us insights on customer behavior and product mix trends. And we had this fantastic four-letter domain that had been worked on for 20 years, C-D-O-N. And those short domains are not easy to get these days. What we didn't have back then was a profitable business model. We didn't have the sufficient technological foundation. It was an old platform from 2008 built for retail. We didn't have the right culture. It was very hierarchic. Few people took many of the decisions. Many people made work dictated by few people. And we didn't have the optimal ways of working. So this is where we started. This is what we started to change. If we fast forward with three years, we have accomplished a lot. We've turned the business model. We have improved the financial. We've changed much of the technology and we have improved our culture and ways of working. But now the real work begins. If you move to the next slide, please. Slide three. Today, CEO, we have over 1,500 merchants selling their assortment on our platform. 
The majority of these retailers or merchants are local Nordic retailers. Some are smaller, some are bigger, and they come to us for different reasons and with different. To give you a couple of examples, we have a partnership with a major Danish retailer called ComputerSide. They needed support in their presence and reach in the Swedish market. They're very, very strong in Denmark. They needed to get out broader into the Swedish market. Another example is Ines. I've known them for years. I worked in IT. They're very strong in IT, specifically surrounding gaming. Uh, but when they joined our platform, they didn't need to reach a new geographical market. They just wanted to reach new customer groups outside of the specific gaming niche that in their core market. So we have different merchants with different needs, and our job is to serve these merchants the best we can with our technology and our people. They can trust us in this, and when we develop our future offering of technology and commercially, we do this in collaboration with our merchants. So it's a constant dialogue. We're super interested in that more and what they need. Going forward, I expect higher inflow of European merchants as we're looking for more partnerships with different European partners marketplace to secure a wider and more relevant source. And the reason for this is because we want to be more relevant for the market. If we move to the customer side, on next slide, which is slide four. During the uh, the year, we've seen strong growth in the number of active customers. And for us, active customers are customers that have made a purchase with CDOM in the last 12 months. And right now, more than 10% of the Nordic population of buying age has made a purchase with CDOM during this year. This is something that makes me extremely proud. We also saw strong growth in the number of merchants joining our platform. This indicates to me that we have a compelling merchant offer and that we can't be too happy to work. And these customers, they come to see on us, we offer the widest selection of local products, combined with unique offers from Europe at compelling prices. They can compare prices on the product from different merchants. They can get an email when something missing is back. They can review price development over time, and they can feel trust in what to buy by looking at ratings from other users and also leave their own ratings. All of these functions are actually functions we have added since we launched our new platform in software. And here's an area where we see great opportunity in further developing our own site experience and customer experience. If we move to the next slide, which is slide five, as I mentioned, we have seen a strong number of um, new customers joining our platform, strong number of merchants joining our platform, and these merchants and our customers, they met in commerce, as they should, which grew our gross merchandise value in the platform by 60% in Q4. And this, in turn, generated an increase in adjusted yield by 21% to 28 million. This year has been a year of strong transformation for us in The biggest event for us was obviously the launch of the technical platform that I mentioned before. We launched it in the end of October. Yeah, 
that's right before peak season. Uh, I, I did ask the question whether we're viable. But the trick with this new platform is to feed it with the maximum amount of data. Uh, and during the peak season, our data amount is the highest. The platform which we develop ourselves is built specifically for our marketplace, rather than the old legacy platform we had since 2008 that was built for a retail model. And this new platform is, is very scalable, it's highly automated, and it's the right technical foundation for us to grow on in the coming years. That's why we prioritize to put this in, in during the peak season. When we look back at Q4 and 2020, I am so proud of the team because we are putting a very, very strong year for CD on behind. If we move to the next slide, slide number six. We talked about marketplace when I joined CDOM in 2017. It was on the PowerPoints. But you know, we, we, didn't really, we didn't really go for it. During the last couple of years, we really went for it. And we have established ourselves as the leading Nordic marketplace at scale. And during the last couple of years, it went much faster than many anticipated. But we're super determined because we see a great opportunity here. If you're looking at trends in, in you know, global trends or, or even European trends, marketplaces account for over 50% of the total e-commerce revenue globally and has a much higher penetration in more mature markets. And we saw with, that, with this business model in a virtually undisrupted market, we could make a real change and take a leadership position. We're building this on 20 years of knowledge and mistakes and we build this in, on 20 years of knowing our market. We are willing to tailor our solutions to meet the local needs. And we take the merchant's needs as well as the consumer needs seriously. Because we want to take the experience for Nordic consumers and merchants to the next level. If we move to slide seven, I'd like to talk a little bit about market conditions. The Nordic market is a promising one, but it's a tricky one to operate. There are not that many people, 28 million. And those 28 million are spread across four nationalities and cultures, four different legislation. It's a logistical nightmare. You have mountains in Norway, you have rivers, you have seas, it's four distances. But then again, we are the fifth largest economy in the EU, and it's a perfect market for e-commerce because the internet penetration is over 90%. We inhabit some of the richest people in the world, and we are known to be fast adopters of new trends. Despite all of this, the online penetration or online sales penetration is actually lagging behind many other European markets. And when it comes to marketplace penetration, we're even more far behind. In my belief, this will change over the years to come, as it has done in most other mature markets, and we at CDON would like to take a prominent position in this change. If we move to slide eight, 
If there's one word to summarize 2020 for Nordic retail, it's got to be change. I think everyone can feel it. COVID-19 pushed a massive change on our retail industry, and it demanded agility at an unparalleled level. So the quickest ones to adopt to new conditions were the ones that made it the best. It was a rapid change of sectors. Travel died instantly, and some sectors boomed, like do-it-yourself and near-home products. Everyone started to look after their castles, decorating their homes, building that, you know, decking that they've been dreaming on for the last couple of years. And all of a sudden, they had money to do it because no one could travel. But all of a sudden, e-commerce wasn't just a convenience. It was a necessity. Because of the social distancing, you had to buy online, which meant that new customer groups were forced to go online. So we could see in our data that elder groups were picking up because all of a sudden they had to adopt this new technology and this new way of shopping. Another major impact for us during the year was also the launch of Amazon.se. That has been a big unknown, rumored since 2018. And finally they entered to show their true nature. All of a sudden, every single retailer in the Nordic had to ask themselves the question, hmm, should marketplaces be part of my go-to-market strategy? The other question they must have asked themselves was how do I become more digitally capable fast enough? And what should my role be in this new environment? We have a purpose. And it became more important than ever during this year in trying to help the customers and merchants dealing with this change by utilizing our position, technology, and experience. If you look at the marketplace flywheel on this image, it is an elegant business model because it's asset light, it's capital efficient, and it can handle scalable growth with less risk, much better than traditional retail. We know it because we've tried it. We've tried both. But it's also able to generate true customer and merchant value if it's executed correctly. Instead of purchases managing aging stock, administrational staff that handles product content and pricing, we can now employ some of the best developers in the market, and we do. And we put that attention to helping our merchants and customers instead. We have large volume, more volume than our merchants. So we can drive traffic to them at competitive costs compared to other channels they use. And we have many products. We have millions of products, 10 times the assortment of the local retailers. And with so many different products and offers in one place, we can serve the customers more efficiently, and we can be more accurate in, in, uh, in doing this because we get all the insights and the data from all those products and all those customers. With that said, there's a lot to be done. This year is going to be a specific focus on customer experience because, as I said before, it's a new platform. We still have a lot to do to, to kind of trim and optimize it, but the focus will be on the consumer experience on the platform. We also need to work with things related to that, like operational improvements. How do we obtain, structure, utilize available data in a more efficient way? The technical foundation, sure, is established, but we need to trim and optimize. And when it comes to added value creation, 
this flywheel or you know business model uh, it has some interesting avenues left to explore we're looking at advertising we want to build more merchants insights to help them sell even more and we want to look at further integrations to support our merchants because we know that this is an area where they're struggling right now these services are requested by our merchants and these services they're willing to pay for we've also the benefit of being fairly late in the game. We can observe others, larger players, more mature players than us, and see what they have learned and pick the smartest options. We can avoid the pitfalls and we can invent solutions that not only solves the problem, but solves it smarter than the current solutions in the market. So taking the unimaginable and making it common, that's where I would like us to be as an organization. Those are my words. I'd like to hand over now to Nicholas Seeger, our CFO, to talk a little bit about the numbers that we've generated. Thank you, Christopher. Um, starting on slide trends. On this slide, we can see the transformation that Pidion has done in the past years. Not only have we built a marketplace with third-party third sales that have grown very, very fast, we have also successfully phased out our Pidion retail business. Looking at the quarter, we can see a continued strong growth, GMV growth from CDO Marketplace, amounting to 60%, or total 641 million. CDO Retail further accelerated outfacing during the quarter and declined GMV with 48%. Moving to slide 11. <coughs> the strong GMV growth of 60% from CDO Marketplace resulted in a net sales of 75 million an increase of 41%, and of gross profit that increased with 45%. The commission for merchants grew nicely with 76%. However, lower advertising revenue is the main reason for gross profit not growing as fast as GMV. Full-year GMV growth from third-party sellers amounted to 86%. This growth is mainly driven by successful integration and onboarding of new merchants during, I would say, the second half of 2019 and 2020 and of course, favorable market conditions. CDR retail declined with 50% net sales, but we saw an increase in gross margin as the remaining of the business have a higher margin structure. As a result of the rapid change in business model, total net sales declined with 38% in the quarter and 28% for the full year. This of course also impacts our gross margin as we see increase in very high margin third-party volumes and we reduced the lower margin retail business. This resulted in a gross margin that increased with 15 percentage points and amounted to 35%. We are very pleased to see a continued positive profitability development. We now have 11 quarters in a row with improved profitability compared to the same quarter the year before in terms of EBTA. Looking at the quarter, EBTA grew with 21%, amounting to 28 million. And for full year 2020 adjusted EBTA grew 126% to 34 million. Because the costs adjusted for are related to our NASDAQ listing and incentive program from to management, which in total amounted to 10.1 million. Adjusted EBITDA, EBIT was 23 million in quarter. And for full year EBIT was 4 million, which includes a write-on of intangible assets of approximately 7 million during Q1 2020. 
if we move on to slide number 12, and we look at some of the drivers of our business. We saw a continued high inflow of visits during the quarter, which is following the same pattern as we've seen throughout the year. Lower, lower conversion rates resulted in a 16% growth of number of orders. During the quarter, we also saw a decline in average order value, which is mainly related to lack of supply within certain high value item categories during Christmas period. We are very pleased to continue to see high inflow of new customers to our platform. By the end of the quarter, we had 2.25 million active customers, which is a net increase of approximately 500,000. Moving on to the next slide, the cash flow and the balance sheets. As a result of retail being phased out, we continue to decrease our inventory. And per the end of December, it amounted to 25 million which is a decrease of 76% versus last year. The cash flow from operations during the seasonally strong quarter amounted to 130 million, which is mainly driven by working capital. And for full year cash flow from operations amounted to 30 million. In the year, we continue to invest in our platform and total investment amounted to 23 million kroner compared to 29 million in 2019. And this results in a total fixed assets of 62 million which of all, almost all is related to intangibles and, and our technology. We had an ending cash balance of 170 million, which we believe gives us the resources to continue to invest in profitable growth. We are in a solid financial position. We are very asset light, which reduces the risks and capital needed for our day-to-day -day business. So with that, I hand over back to you, Christopher. Thanks. So I mean, we're now at the final slide, slide 14, and you know, where are we now? Well, first of all, CDON is the leading Nordic marketplace in Nordic. We lead. We're really proud to do that. We, we're also leading in a very favorable market. It's been super favorable during 2020, but we think it's going to be favorable going forward as well. Because the low penetration of marketplaces and that this trend is, is picking up, because the internet penetration, the online sales penetration is still increasing. So we're really positive about that. We see strong demand from our merchants, we see strong demand from our customers for better solutions, and we feel that with our technological um, platform in place, we can go and execute on that and deliver a stellar customer and merchant experience. Um, as mentioned, we will focus on the customer experience, and with customers, I mean both um, consumers and merchants. We're going to continue to grow our assortment uh, in order to become more relevant for the consumers, but also because it drives growth. And we will do this with a lot of new merchants, but also with a lot of new partnerships. And we will go and strengthen our operations and also add new services relevant for our merchants. When it comes to operations, we still have room to improve on, on marketing efficiency. We have room to improve on the way we work with data. Uh, and we have room to improve in the way of operating our, uh, our company. When it comes to new services, uh, I'm super interested about integrations. Uh, I'm super interested in, regarding insights that we can help our merchants with, and I'm very positive towards the opportunities around advertising. Uh, we had to suspend advertising for a short while during the uh, platform change, which impacted us slightly, but we see great opportunity in getting back uh, on that track with much more advanced solutions uh, and driving further uh, opportunity in this area. With that said, 
that's all from us. I hope you enjoy listening to us, and I hope you know, enjoy the understanding a little bit more about uh, CDO. Uh, now we would like to open up for uh, questions from the audience. Thank you. If you do wish to ask a question, please press zero one on your telephone keypad. If you wish to withdraw your question, you may do so by pressing zero two to cancel. Our first question is from Alan Whiting. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Hi, this is uh, Adam Wyden. Uh, I don't know if I got my name right, but uh, terrific quarter, guys. Really, really impressive um, and really liked for me being an American investor of getting kind of the story and and uh, and how you're looking at the business. I think you guys are looking at it exactly the right way. And, um, you know, we've had terrific experiences investing in, in tech turnarounds, and it looks like you guys are, are well into it. Um, so just kind of uh, qualitatively, you know, as Americans, you know, we don't, we're not consumers of CDON. And, you know, obviously all we have to rely on is kind of stuff we read on Twitter and, you know, stuff that we talk about with people. I mean, there is this perception that CDON is this old company that sells CDs. It was public. It was not very successful. It merged into this holding company, spun it out. Um, <clears throat> how do you feel, how do you think about um, changing the perception locally such that millennials and younger people start consuming it and they, they know of it more as a 3P marketplace as opposed to like a book we sell. I mean, Domino's did an interesting thing um, several years ago and they basically came out and said, look, our pizza was crap, um, but we've invested enormously in technology similar to CBON. You know, they, they, they developed their own you know, in-house tech platform, which was best in class. They improved the quality of the food and now Domino's is like the fastest growing franchisor. I mean, how do you think about kind of coming out and saying, hey, you know, this is what we were, this is what we are now, and kind of doing a rebrand, like from a, a marketing perception point, because there's this flywheel, right? Like when people understand what it is, it grows sales, they have a good customer experience, they keep going and, and the thing goes. I mean, how do you think about changing that per perception locally um, about what new CDR is? Well, first of all, I think that your your example regarding Domino's is a very good example because they, they approached it the way that I'd like to approach it, which means that basically, first of all, I need to lay the foundation. I need to have the, the, you know, the foundation in place in order to be delivering a great customer experience. That is exactly what we've done. That is exactly why we have invested in a new platform that is built around being a marketplace rather than trying to kind of put lipstick on, on an old platform that was built for retail. So that is the first step. The second step is actually to, to kind of do all the good stuff that you can do when you have the foundation in place. That is improving the customer journey, improving the features needed from customers of today, listening to your customers, analyzing your customers and understanding what exactly are they missing and what exactly are they loving with the current experience of CDON. And then build on that and go and have something that is above market. On top of that, you need to, in parallel, educate the market and the consumers regarding what are the benefits of what we're doing right now. But I don't want to just do education. I want to make sure that if we tell a customer, come to see the on, it's a great experience, it has to be a great experience. I hope that answers your question. Uh, but that is yeah, really no, that, 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 that was That's wonderful. I mean, look, there's a wonderful book that, that, that we like and, you know, for you to read and maybe others to read which is um, basically about Vernon Hill and Vernon Hill's journey at Commerce Bank. 
and you know he sold it to TD Bank and Commerce Bank is a you know banking is a is a commodity business right everyone has money I mean anyone can buy products but basically where it increases was if we're open 24/7 and we have dog treats and we have the cash machines and and all this stuff effectively you're creating fans not customers right you're creating people that love your products right and if people love the product if they love the experience you can make something commoditized have a very very large moat and i think you have a very large moat to begin with so i totally get what you're what you're talking about um you know i think you guys are, are doing wonderful things i'm very happy to be a uh you know 7% shareholder in the company you know we followed many marketplace businesses mercado libre you know c and um and once you kind of get that tailwind and people i mean the flywheel was crazy and so for you guys to be able to do this so early is and and, and profitably is it, super interesting um so let let me let me keep going for a minute um so if if i just kind of think about where this company can be in the intermediate term um you know right now you have 2.4 billion of gmv you know in if you if your sales growth is is effectively constant in 2021 you're looking at something that's going to do close to 4 billion of gmv um you know today you know you trade at a fraction of that um you know you trade at like 0.64 times gmv just kind of or back in the envelope math and you know most marketplace businesses that are not even profitable and they have sales growth a fraction of what you have trade at 3 or 4 times 5 times gmv i mean in our mind right you guys could grow much faster if you guys were to 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 you know burn capital but you don't have that cost of capital what do you think the process is to kind of getting your your valuation in line with the peer group such that you have a cost of capital that allows you to invest for growth. I mean if you guys, I mean you guys could do all types of converts. I mean software companies in the United States do all types of converts. I mean if you were able to get your cost of capital in line with your peer group or looking at a at a stock that's you know several multiples higher than what it's trading at now. I mean how do you think about that valuation convergence and your valuation relative to your peers? It's very hard for me to co- to to comment on valuation. Uh I'm 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 super focused on where we are. Uh, and we're super interested in listening to your input uh, regarding you know how to invest in going forward i can't tell you which levels we're going to be at i can tell you that we have invested in our technology in the last couple of years we have invested in in building the right organization to become a marketplace and many other things and we will continue to invest because we will not give up we want to truly revolutionize nordic e-commerce with something that is up and beyond where we are where will this lead in terms of you know market growth etc that's very hard to say but we should be better than market i can tell you that so if the market is growing x we need to grow x plus um for sure um capitalization and all that uh, let's see how this plays out that's that okay so, but, yeah, that's, that's wonderful can we talk a little bit about take rate i mean i know you guys slowed down advertising but if we look at 3p marketplaces i think one of the things you mentioned in your comments is that you're able to observe successful 3P and you have many to work from Etsy, Melly, Z. I mean, all of these companies have take rates, you know, probably approximating 15%. I mean, you know, obviously you want to deliver value to your merchants and customers, but I mean, how how do you think about share of wallet expanding in the near term as it relates to take rate and obviously the advertising platform as you ramp it back up? Well, today, first of all, today our take rate is it mainly compromised of uh, uh, the actual um, marketplace commission 
So right. advertising and anything else would, would be added on top of that. But there's room Amen. for improvement. There's lots, of, there's lots of room on table. There's lots of room for improvement. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. Okay, last question, then I'll, I'll get back into the queue. Um, so, so, you know, obviously as an investor, you know, when you're, when, when you're kind of thinking about a steady state, you're, you're looking at TAM, right? And, 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 and what the TAM is and what your penetration is. Um, I mean, in your mind, you know, is there any reason why CDON can't get over 10 billion of GMB? I and mean, we, we've talked, we've spoken to many former employees and people in Sweden, and they basically laugh at us when we say, you know, oh, 10 billion of GMB. They're like, we can be much, much bigger than that. I mean, how do you think about the, the total addressable market in, in, in kind of Swedish corner GMV terms? And, you know, how do you think about kind of getting there? And, I mean, obviously, from a marketplace perspective, you, you don't have the supply chain and logistics necessarily underneath it. Now, in Sweden, you probably can do that stuff to get close to the customer. But how do you think about kind of broader European penetration beyond just the Nordics once you kind of have your sea legs under you? Let me first start off saying that I love your ambition. Because I, I hear that you're so ambitious, and I am ambitious as well, but I'm also very occupied of taking it in the right steps, building something that is solid and that is sustainable. So, you know, I'm a carpenter originally. And someone comes to me and say, I'm gonna big I'm gonna build the, the nicest house ever. You need to know how to build, otherwise it's just a dream. We are good at building and we have started building now, but keep in mind that despite the fact that we're over 20 years at the company, we're only a few years at the marketplace. So this is really early days and we have so much left to be done. Right now, the focus will be on improving the customer experience to take care of our customers a little bit more. We're gonna to continue to expand our assortment to be more relevant. And we have a lot of operational and, and, and commercial avenues left to explore. So that take us to 10 to something else we will see, but you know, let us work on this, and we'll see where we get. I mean, just from our perspective, you know, the, the Nordic total e-commerce spend is a trillion dollars, right? I mean, if you think about Amazon, Amazon got into grocery. I mean, you know, a trillion dollars in Nordics, not including beyond Europe. I mean, it's, you got a lot of money to work with. So, I mean, look, I I love your ambitious you know, ambitiousness, um, you know, I, I see, you know, you're on LinkedIn, many of the guys are young, you know, you've got, you know, great shareholders and right ventures. Um, you know, look, I'm, I'm all about innovation and, and, and energy um, and constantly evolving the customer experience. And so, look, this is, this is music to my ears and uh, uh, I look forward to, uh, to, to building our position from here. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for the confidence in us. Our next question is from Brad Hathaway of Farview Capital Management. Please go ahead. Hi, Christopher and Nicholas. Uh, thank you for a very helpful presentation. Uh, just had a couple of questions I was curious about. First off, um, you kind of mentioned, you talked a little bit about this, but I'd love to hear more about some of the, I guess, the headwinds that the technology transition created in the business in the, uh, in the fourth quarter as well as also, I guess, some of the headwinds you saw from lack of supply in the fourth quarter. Well, first of all, I mean, I don't know if you've changed the platform, but a platform change is always, it's always uh, hard to anticipate exactly what's going to happen. Uh, but during the, we launched a new platform uh, in the end of October. And the new platform is fully automated. 
It's uh, automated on personal, uh, personalization recommendations and many things like that. So just getting everything trimmed in in the beginning has been a lot of work for us. Um, so we are making real progress here, but sometimes you know it's, it's very hard to anticipate exactly what's going to happen, and that's the situation we've been in. Not to say that it's negative, because I don't think so, but I think it's uh, it's been a good it's been a good period for us because we could pour so much data into it, as I mentioned. Uh, the more data we feed it with, the better it works. If we're looking at uh, supply of products, uh, it's been a, a pressurized market for many. Uh, not everything has been available due to the pandemic, so some of the supply in Asia hasn't been available, and, and maybe those uh, allocations of supply has been given to more major markets than the Nordics. Some players were able to, to uh, absorb more uh, early on, uh, where some players weren't. Uh, but this has affected many, including us. Okay, great. And you spoke a lot, I guess, about your, um, you know, kind of the, the opportunities you see ahead of you. I mean, I'd just love to hear about some, I guess, the lowest hanging fruit you see in terms of improving the platform so you can you can kind of delight the consumer and also be a really strong partner for the merchants. Yeah, we're, we're, we're working on a lot of things here, but I mean, one of the things that we need to get better is the data structure. We need to improve on the data structure, the way we, we um, observe, um, absorb data from our merchants, structure that data and use that data to, to, uh, to create relevance in the platform. So that's an area that we're going to go and work with. Another area that we need to work with, which is still, which still remains, is the whole checkout flow. Um, we have a checkout flow that is uh, very much the same checkout flow that we had in the old platform, and now we need to go and work on that checkout flow to optimize it, because we can see that it, um, it, it will be a great benefit for us and for the customer experience. That is things like delivery options. Today, we, we, we offer very few delivery options, but there are actually more delivery options available behind the curtain, but those are not reflected on the platform. So being able to offer, for instance, lost mile deliveries and things like that are super important for our customers. But, and, and, and we do deliver with lost mile today, but it's not visible on the platform. So things like that are super important for us uh, to kind of get done during this year. Got it. Great. No, I, I love the focus on kind of all the things to improve. That's uh, very helpful. Um, in terms of penetration, you know, I just, you know, you have 1,500 merchants currently, and if memory serves, there's something like 60,000 in Sweden alone. So obviously, your penetration among merchants is, is incredibly low, and that partially explains why marketplaces have such a small share of the total e-commerce GMB. So I guess, can you talk a little bit about what you're seeing from the merchant community in terms of their awareness of marketplaces and their, you know, interest and potential willingness to move over to a marketplace solution? Well, first of all, the, the overall awareness and interest has increased. Uh, I, I think it's partially driven by the fact that Amazon entered and all of a sudden everyone had to start thinking about marketplaces. That was very hard for us to drive on our own. So we got a good help from Amazon on that. Uh, but secondly, also, we see that our work on PR branding and kind of repositioning of CDON has led to some interest in the market. So we've seen greater inflow from, from uh, Nordic uh, retailers. And we've also seen greater inflow in interest from, from uh, merchants and retailers outside of the Nordics. 
Um, and we still have a lot to do here. We have still have a lot to do here. There's a lot of aggregation happening in the market through different types of partners, uh, other marketplaces, etc. Um, so so um, we're early stages, I would say. Got it. And then final question, and then I'll, I'll feed. Um, in terms of, so obviously, as you mentioned, Amazon, I mean, everyone's worried about Amazon, but in terms of the rest of the competitive environment, I mean, do you see other players um, doing a competing 3P marketplace in the, in the Nordics? I think that the overall uh, interest and awareness for marketplaces as a business model will increase, and I think that more and more players would, would look into this to see if they can, can get something going. Uh, we've seen this during the last couple of years, and it will probably continue. Uh, with that said, you know, I don't necessarily see these other marketplaces or players using a marketplace business model as competitors. I see them as potential uh, collaborators with us as well, because ultimately, in the end, if we can, if we can collaborate to, to serve the customers better or more efficiently, that's something we're interested in. Um, so, yeah. Got it. Under, understood. Well, um, thank you for the, all the thoughts and really excited to see what you build in the years ahead. So, thank you. Thanks, Brad. Have a great day. Our next question is from David Reed of Lizard Investors. Please go ahead. Hey, guys. Thanks, Thanks for taking my questions. Um, can you just talk a little bit about the uh, the, the 3P GMV uh, slowdown in, in the last quarter, in the fourth, fourth quarter uh, versus uh, triple digits in the previous three? Uh, I'm just kind of curious, how much is, is it driven by sort of the slow Christmas or sort of the new launching of your platform and launching of, you know, the re-entering of the Amazon. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about that? Um, you know, oh, um, did, did that surprise you, you know, of seeing 60% year on year? Or are there some um, external factors that, that kind of impact it? We got some numbers on the market growth yesterday, and it seems like the market overall is growing something around 30% this year. So doing 60% now. I think that's a fantastic result. We're beating the market by two eggs or something. Um, you know, for me, obviously, as we mentioned before with Brad, you know, the technical platform has surely impacted some. Uh, the, the lack of supply in certain areas uh, of, of um, uh, some goods has, has, has maybe impacted some. I can't relate much of this to anything regarding Amazon. I don't have any indications on that. Uh, so that one I, I can't comment on. Uh, but overall, we're really happy about Q4. We're really happy about 60%. And keep in mind that the growth numbers, there are much larger volumes. We had tremendous growth in the year before uh, in Q4 uh, in the marketplace. So now we're leading larger volumes when we, when we talk about growth here. Um, so, so for me, this is a fantastic result. Okay, maybe just going back on, on the launch of the new platform, like, did you guys see the impact? Because uh, obviously you, you've set this in the past, right? You, you're able to track every transaction down to the, the very, very, you know, uh, every step that every step of the way, right? Just uh, would you say if you didn't if you didn't if you didn't relaunch it in the new platform, I mean, would it been would you like did it impact 20 points, 15 points? I'm just kind of curious, like how big it did it seem rather dramatic, right? Especially um, even versus some of the other peers you've seen in the online space in general, like just the, the, the delta on a sequential bit, you know, seems significant. Yeah, it's very hard for me to specific, comment on specifics. 
But I mean, our ambition is to outgrow the market, and we've done that throughout the entire year. We did that even in Q4 on higher volume. So I think, you know, for me, it's, it's about continuing to developing our offer, continuing to develop the consumer experience on the platform and the merchant experience on the platform. And we, we took a bet then and launched a, a new platform that is required in order for us to grow going forward. Uh, if that impacts that of X or Y, for me, it doesn't matter. I think that it's the right choice. We need to go for this. Yeah. I understand. Um, maybe talk a little bit about, so since you've launched the platform, um, so maybe uh, how does the, so for the month of, let's say, uh, January or February, or even maybe December, how are they comparing on a year-on-year basis on a 3P side, you know, versus, you know, versus the previous uh, quarters prior to relaunching the platform? Have they normalized already? Uh, have you seen that coming back? So you can at least get a sense that, oh, okay, it did really impact you. Now the, the growth is coming back. Well, I can say that I don't, we, we're going to continue to outgrow the market. Um, and we're going to continue to outgrow the market in 2021 as well. Uh, do I expect the same level of growth as we've seen in 2020? Over 100%? No, I don't think so because we're, we're, uh, we're growing on larger volumes. Okay, and just on a gross margin for the on three PGMB side, um, um, terrific. You know, I'm saying improvement on the gross margin side. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about specifics in terms of you know, obviously it's very high. <laughs> it's mostly you know, it's all gross margin. What are the tweaks and uh, takes and puts? Like what drove uh, the one point improvement again? Uh, uh, what about some of the initiatives we talked about in previously, like advertising, et cetera? Um, you know, how, how, how this, you know, what, what were the specific drivers behind it? Could you, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. simplify the question or just, uh, can you rephrase the question regarding gross margin? Yeah. The, the gross margin on the 3P GNV um, improved by, I think, up, over a point year on year. So can you talk a little about the drivers um, uh, for, for, for this quarter? Yeah, I mean, for this quarter, I mean, as I mentioned, we we had we had a higher commission from uh, from uh, from um, our sellers uh, compared to uh, previous quarters. We did also in in Q4 started with um, the monthly monthly fees from from our merchants. So I would say that is the main driver uh, for that. Okay. Have you maybe you talk a little bit about sort of the unbundling of the maybe I don't want to call it the word unbundling of the take rate, but if you look at obviously how Amazon has done it, or how some of the other players have done it, right? You start out with a with a very generic, and then they unbundle it over 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 the years. Just the opportunity to unbundle here. Um, I mean, implicitly you can probably take pricing up, right? Um, on the base level, uh, as you introduce more, you know, uh, more other services, like just the opportunity on the overall blended. Uh, take rate on a 3P side. What's the opportunity here? Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, can you give us some sort of sense on, you know, what would be, a, what would be uh, for, for a seller if they're getting advertising versus not getting advertising? Just give us a sense, like, you know, what's the opportunity as you kind of introducing more products uh, for the sellers, uh, offering more uh, better services, like how that will increase, you know, uh, the take rate coming to you? Well, first of all, I think that we are we're on, we're, on, we're on the start of a journey here. As mentioned before, you know, we, 
the 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 take rate is, is mainly uh, marketplace commission right now, and that is kind of a success fee, if you, if you like. Having said that, we need to add more services. We need to add more things that we can that we can offer the merchants that they're willing to pay for. But being specific on that development is too soon uh, because we're still investigating some of it and some of it we're further. But we see great opportunity in this because there are services like advertising that is required. There are services like further integrational um, uh, support that we can offer. Uh, I think that the, the merchants are willing to understand more about what's going on in the platform and in the market in general. So I think we have uh, an opportunity to go and work with that. Then exactly how that's going to pan out, that's very, it's very early days. It's very hard to say. And we're focusing on this, we're investigating this, and we're looking at ways of improving this. Okay. And maybe and, 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 and you're right in, in the way we you're right in, in, in mentioning the way we disclosed it today. It's summed up. You 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 probably saw in the in the report uh, what is included. But I mean, uh, if we if we see that there's value in, in starting to split it up to be more specific, we will we will most surely do so. But that is the decision we will take as we go. Sure. Um, just touching on um, on just the cash flow um, for for the year and maybe even for the quarter. Um, obviously, you know, working capital continues to be terrific. But just maybe comment a little bit about um, obviously the working capital improvement wasn't as significant as previously. Uh, can you just talk about what happened on the payable side? Um, it was obviously it was a significant outflow for for the whole year. How much of it was it even impacted by maybe the spin-off or something like that? Can you just talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. I mean, the, the spin-off itself uh, did not really uh, affect here. And, and, and on the payable side, uh, we, we have, I mean, the retail business, that those payables are, are decreasing. But as we are increasing the marketplace uh, GMV, the debt to our merchants is increasing. Uh, so so that, is, that is the driver there uh, on, on the debt side. But the operating and because uh, I'm just looking at it, I'm looking at the cash flow stream. The operating liabilities was um, uh, was down significantly, right? Was this driven by maybe you guys push um, pushed that pretty hard the year before, creating difficult comps, or were the specific um, you know because the delta seems quite significant? I'm just kind of curious what that is. Yeah, I mean the reason. I mean last year we have a, a much larger retail business, uh, so going out of the year from peak season. The, the, the payables related to um, to the retail business uh, was a lot higher, and that that is the main reason. Oh, okay, okay, and that's terrific. And maybe just talk about uh, going forward in terms of the capex, obviously to further building on the platform. Uh, are, are you guys doing anything on the fulfillment side, or is this going to be sort of continuously sort of SLI? Uh, what are you guys doing? In terms of you know supply chain, warehouse logistics, and et cetera, uh, to sort of stimulate um, you know more sellers uh, coming to coming to the platform or making it easier for them. Uh, I'm, I'm just kind of curious, like you know, because capex obviously down again uh, this year. Just just kind of thoughts thoughts on that in terms of what are you guys spending and um, and what more could you spend uh, to really uh, drive uh, or even accelerate drive you know growth for a 3P business. Hmm. Well, first of all, as I said, uh, for us it's important to build solutions and capacities that are 
needed by our customers. Uh, and if we take the merchant side, we have we have engaged in new collaborations during this year and the year before. One of those collaborations was a collaboration with a French marketplace called C-Discount, where we where we operate together. They have a very strong assortment, very strong pricing, uh, super relevant for the Nordic consumers. The problem is that they're in France. <laughs> That's pretty far away, which means that they don't have they don't have the ability with next day delivery, which would be kind of the standard in in, in the Nordics, right? And so that that kind of spawns the need for for some kind of fulfillment offering towards them. And we have other uh, merchants that are requesting similar solutions, but with different needs. Um, so this is something we are investigating right now to see, you know, how how can we put together some kind of fulfillment offer to improve the customer experience on the delivery side with these partners that that doesn't have the capabilities themselves. Um, so so this this is definitely an area that we're looking into. Uh, are we going to go and build our own supply chain? No, I don't think so. You, I don't think you're going to see CD on lorries going on the streets anytime soon. So we're looking at partnerships where we can kind of partner up with some of the leading actors in the market and, and, and create the value proposition together that we can offer to the consumers and to the merchants. Okay. Um, just maybe, uh, just one last question off on my end, uh, on the Amazon situation uh, to launch, because um, I was doing somewhere like Amazon's launch, um, actually might could have had an impact. Uh, maybe just talk about why aren't you seeing any impact from Amazon or maybe even from your sellers, um, you know, because it's not like, you know, you don't have millions of sellers, right? Just a small market, uh, you know, um, it's only thousands of number of sellers. Uh, just kind of curious, like, why aren't you seeing any impact at all? Or is there any product category where you might have seen some impact? Is there any key or you know, anything that you can talk about um, regarding the impact of, of Amazon other than, you know, you don't feel like there is any? Yeah. Well, I mean, Amazon are they're a fantastic company. When they go for something, they really go for something, and 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 I admire them tremendously. And you know, they have a scale-out model, so they're they're pretty much scaling what they have. That's the way they operate, or at least have been operating up until now. That means that they have they launched in Sweden, but mainly with kind of German assortment and German product. I, I can't say whether that's going to be compelling or not to the consumers in the Nordic, and I'm sure they will build their value proposition over time. But I mean, if you take it, we have a strong local assortment uh, at hand. That helps us a lot. We also have a very kind of trusted brand. You know, we're in times of turmoil right now. And when it's turmoiling, you know, you, you go to the people that you trust. And yes, you know, CD only isn't the perfect brand. We don't have the customers that doesn't understand exactly what we're doing right now. And we have so many flaws in the way we operate. But but still, you know, they know CDOM since 20 years back, and that, that's worth something. Um, we're focusing on our platform development now to improve the customer experience. And we do that, and we listen to our customers. We have these 20 years of experience on what the Nordic customers want. So I think that those are kind of the strongholds that we use in order to mitigate any competition from Amazon. If you then go to the kind of merchant side of things, uh, you know, it, it was very hard to anticipate how they would uh, attack this. What I'm hearing is that their penetration isn't that high yet. Uh, and for us, you know, we don't really care about that because we want to make sure that we're easier than Amazon to work with. We know for a fact that we're cheaper. Um, and, and, and one of the things that the merchants really value with CD on in the Nordics is that we don't compete with them. 
in their categories. We don't sell our own one-piece stuff anymore. That's why you see it so rapidly declining, the retail side of CDOM, because we want to truly be there for the merchants, right? Um, and, and with that broader local assortment, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be something that, that the Nordic customers are going to value. What are the things that you guys are, if, if we speak to, let's say, you know, like a couple hundred of your merchants, what are the things that you guys have done to make it so that distinctively or, you know, cheaper or easier, I mean, I know it's cheaper, takeaway, but how much is easier for you guys to work with the, uh, the sellers? Uh, like how visibly easy or convenient for you guys from the seller's perspective? I'm not sure if I understand that question. Uh, I'm just saying, what are the, what are the op options that you're offering to the sellers where it's, it makes them much easier uh, to work with CDN uh, than, say, Amazon? Okay. Well, if you take the ethernet, if you look at the way we integrate, uh, the way you integrate, so if, you, if you try to kind of put your product on Amazon and you try to put your product on CDN, you will find that the, the uh, integration flow is easier. For instance, we launched a technology which we call IMSA. It's a scraper, but basically the only thing we need from the merchant is that they send us their URL and say, they, you know, www.myhomepage.se. Then we will sure. put IMSA to crawl their page, we will crawl in their content, we will crawl in all their products and their stock information and all their pricing and everything, and we will put that into our interface. But the only thing they need to do is to go in, validate whether it looks okay, and then push publish. That means that a merchant can join CD on, on Thursday and start selling on Friday. Uh, so we try to be oh, easy. Okay. That's really what we try to do. And, and, and looking at our APIs, they're super simple. Uh, we, we've talked to some of the other marketplaces in Europe, and they said, wow, you guys have the easiest integration we've seen. That's amazing. So we put a lot of pride behind making it easy. And when it comes to pricing, you know, we, we didn't start off with kind of a global model or building it off Germany or something. We looked at what are the market dynamics in the Nordics and what, what is the appropriate take rate per, per category in order for us to be relevant in order for the merchants to survive, uh, you know, profitability-wise. And then we built our entire model around that. Got it. Okay. Um, all right. Great. Terrific. This is all the questions I have. Thanks. Our next question is from Nick Farm of SEB Equities. Please go ahead. Uh, good, good morning, everybody. Um, so I'll, I'll try to be quick, but I'll, I'll fire away a few questions, uh, please. Uh, let's let's uh, start with one thing in, in Q4 results as such. Um, you write specifically on the developments of um, sort of uh, commission income uh, being up 76% uh, while uh, CDON Connect service and advertising income is down. Uh, about a third. Um, would you care to share how much of revenue is actually generated in these two um, uh, categories in the quarter? And do you expect, uh, or should we expect, uh, and should we expect that you will disclose that going forward? So, Nicholas, are you asking for a category breakdown? Is that the question? Yeah, how much of sales are CD on Connect and how much of sales is uh, uh, 3P take rates? I as as as, uh, as Christopher said before, we we don't we don't split out that, uh, but as uh, as we did say, we we did see a decrease in 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 the advertising income that we do, and and just to give some flavor around that, because we talk also about opportunity going forward, the, the advertising we have today, 
is the traditional banner advertising on sale on, on the site, mm. um, yeah. which is not part of the, what you refer to as the connect part. Uh, so, so that that's the decrease uh, in in the quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't as for the entire market. I would yeah. say. You know, that, that is free fall for everyone. Um, yeah. Well, we don't. Right. Well, so we, we but you don't disclose the actual sales. Okay. Um, can I ask you? Um, are there any um, uh, thoughts on sort of? A target um, retail uh, GMVs uh, development for uh, 2021 at this stage, or for that matter, when do you expect it to be zero? We will continue to entertain the uh, the retail part of our business. I mean, this is a question we get a lot. You know, uh, are you going to close it down? Why are you keeping it? Uh, uh, for us, it's important because. It's value to the customers, and it's still value to CD on. You know, it's not it's not burning us, it's not hurting us, and we have many customers who have been customers with CD on for 20 years. If we could, if we could find someone that keep in mind that retail for us right now is just media. It's it's on games, it's music, and it's movies, right? Uh, if we find the merchant that can cater and, and serve the customers that we have in a similar way to us, or even better. Then, then it will go into marketplace immediately. The problem has been that when we tried to transition this, we found that it was very hard to find another retailer that was strong in this area. Um, that's why we had to keep it ourselves, not to let our customers down. So will it be zero uh, at some point? Well, that, that depends on whether there's interest for the, from the customers. Yes, it's been declining, but in some quarters and some months, you know, it's even been been growing because there are enthusiasts out there who want this. So we'll see where it goes. I can't give you a specific date. I wish I could, um, but that is impossible. But I can assure you that we will only operate it as long as it doesn't burden us, which it doesn't today. Mm. Uh, okay, let's move on. Um, in terms of 3P uh, GMB developments in this year, uh, let's say you grow your business by, by 50% or, or 100% or whatever whatever percentage rate it actually turns out to be. Could you just elaborate a little bit on, on what will actually drive that um, uh, growth in terms of the split between growth in active customers, growth in AOVs, growth in number of orders? How, 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 to what extent will these three different drivers uh, impact the results in uh, 3P GMV growth in 2021, please? Well, as you probably can pick out from the from the presentation, I hope that is clear. <laughs> is that we want to take care of our customers a lot better than we have done. So that's definitely a growth lever for me. I want to make sure that all those customers who didn't really understand our transformation now understands our transformation and 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 falls in love with the kind of customer offering that we're we're putting together for them right now. So that is definitely one of them. The second thing that will drive growth is obviously the the ability we have to aggregate relevant assortments to, to have the kind of the retail basics in place. We want to make sure that we have, you know, not only the widest assortment, but the most relevant assortment, maybe also the most, you know, price-worthy assortment and many things like that. There's plenty of opportunity left to trim that going forward. As I said, you know, 20 years in the making, but only a few years as a marketplace. So we, we, we have so much headroom, or sorry, room to grow here. Um, and then, of course, you know, working with AOV, sure. Uh, working with conversion, sure. Uh, all of it. I, I agree with you. But I would say that the biggest single opportunity now is to improve the customer experience in order to 
to serve our customers more efficiently. If you ask me to put one ahead of the others. Yeah, so, so, so just so I get this right, um, um, average spend is probably going to be the main driver of the PG and the growth in this year rather than uh, new customers. Yeah. Yeah, we, we saw strong customer growth during this year, but I think, you know, some of it was, was probably driven by the pandemic. And, and I'd like to cater our customers better, if you ask me. You know, I want to make sure that when they come to see the own day, they are met with something that they find really attractive, which makes them loyal and want them to come back and buy more, obviously. Mm. Uh, final question in the interest of time. Um, uh, you don't have any financial targets. Um, what's the uh, sort of discussion between you and the management team, or, or for that matter, uh, on the board or director level? And um, when could we expect that you would be announcing any? any objectives, any financial objectives for CBOM? Yeah, that is a good question. Um, we will see how we, we play that. We haven't made a decision on that yet, but what I can tell you is that we want to we want to beat the market growth. And we're pretty hard on ourselves because that market growth, if you talk about the e-commerce market in the Nordic, that's also including uh, food online, pharmacies online. Uh, so, I mean, we're looking at, at as growing faster than the market, I can tell you that. And and uh, final final question: um, Whatever growth you achieve, and I'm sure it's going to be uh, quite uh, decent, um, will that be sort of trying to maintain a quote decent profitability, or is it going to be at the expense of, of the bottom line, generally speaking? Well. This is always the million dollar question. And for me, it's about, for me, profitability can be regulated by two things. Either you have leakage or you make investment. I'm always for investment, but I hate leakage. So when we haven't optimized something and we're leaking profitability due to it, that, that annoys me. But if we're taking money, putting it against something that we're really betting on in order to gain something, I'm happy with that. So I think that's, that's where I am. Perfect. Thank you so much, guys, for taking all these questions. Thank you, Nicholas. Thank you, Nicholas. Have a great day. Uh, our next question is from Matt Sayer of Mary Capital Management. Please go ahead. Hi, guys. Thank you for the for taking my question. And impressive on the on growing 2x this uh, fast e-commerce growth uh, during the platform transition. I have two questions. The first is. Can you talk about the C discount integration, which appears to be using the leading Nordic marketplace brand, Sion, to connect customers to the rest of Europe and, and vice versa? Um, how has that partnership progressed thus far, and has it opened up conversations for further integration opportunities? That's a very, very good question. Thank you very much for that, Matt. We are super proud about the collaboration because it, we gain so much from this. Um, first of all, we gain knowledge. That, that is the most important thing. We are so impressed with C-Discount, the way they operate and the matureness of their business compared to ours, and we have a lot of learnings to be made there. Uh, secondly, I think that C-Discount, you got I know you will, so call them and ask them <laughs> if they're happy. But I mean, they didn't have that high anticipation when we started this collaboration, but, but, but I can see in the discussions we're having with them, they're, they're they're really happy now. They're really 
they're really happy to see that we can help them and we can and that they can help us. Uh, we we've seen an uptick in in this business over the year, and we have great uh, hopes for this going forward. Um, what they do is that they they um, um, they sell their uh, very strong assortment with us, and as you said, you know it's a great combination because we take the we take the uh, uh, we take the customer first line, so to speak, so that uh, if the customer buys, they know they're buying from CD-ROM. They know that someone is going to you know be able to respond if something happens, because that's one of the fears of buying from foreign players. Oh, can I really handle this with a French player? But now they know that CD-ROM is always there to help whether something goes wrong. So that adds uh, trust with the customers. Uh, but with that said, you know, what we get from C-Discount is that access to new assortment and access to new product groups, access to new price points, et cetera. So we see this as a perfect fit. Is this possible to expand to other marketplaces? Sure. For me, it's, it, it's an opportunity. Uh, I'd like to work with many marketplaces. For me, the trick is to offer something that is of value to the Nordic consumers. That is our job. And if that means collaborating with non-Nordic players to support them, we will go in and look at that. Marketplaces is one avenue. A second avenue could be aggregators. There are uh, aggregators of merchants out there in Europe that we haven't yet worked with that we're interested in working with. So this is an exciting area for us going forward. Great. Great. That's really helpful. Okay. My second question is, it's interesting that your advertising revenues are almost, it seems like almost nil today as a percentage of your total revenues, but are quite meaningful in uh, some of your marketplace peers around the world. And it sounds like there was some platform transition reasons why advertising declined this past quarter. But could you give us an example of the, uh, the size in terms of revenues of that advertising opportunity that is still completely in front of you guys? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that that is the million dollar question. I agree with you. Uh, we have been looking at other marketplaces, and we do see that the, the absolute leader in this is obviously Amazon in the U.S. You know, uh, their last you know quarterly results showed that the, the advertising for them is becoming super significant, right? We also see that other strong players like Allegro in Poland have a very strong business going, and then you have a scale of different marketplaces who have explored this avenue and, and reached certain stages of, of, of success. Where are we going to place ourselves in this? Oh, it's, it's, again, very early. What we need to do now is to put the foundation in place in order to go and execute on this, and then we will monitor and drive it closely to ensure that we get as high as possible. But I can't tell you right now how high that's going to be. Uh, because it's 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 a, it's a how should I say it's an ecosystem of many components that need to work in our favor. Uh, but what we're looking at now is, is basically advertising, programmatic advertising, where we allow our merchants to bid on search words for products, similar to other marketplaces. That is a solution that we haven't had in place before, and that is super exciting. Great, great, and thank you for doing the call and. In English, really helpful. All right, that's it for me. Thank you, everyone. Our next question is from Asas Masan from Eden Alpha. Please go ahead. Hello, guys. Calling from Israel here. 
Um, thank you for a very good quarter. Uh, actually, most of my questions were already answered, but I have one that is still unanswered. Um, it may be a little bit sensitive, but I, will, I wish to ask it anyway. Uh, from conversations I had with uh, local guys in Sweden, I understood that you have only uh, you have zero the payment option, um, much like I think eBay once had only PayPal. And uh, so I was wondering why do you uh, only offer Clio and would you consider also uh, offering Klarna, for instance? I think it will be a good, a great positive for you if you will um, also offer Klarna. Well, keep in mind that we, we used to be sister and brother, Clio and Clion. We've been sitting together in, yeah. in, the, in yeah. the same group for, for many, many years. Um, so we have a we have a contractual obligation to stick with with Clearo. But having said that, you know, uh, we love Clearo. We think that Clearo is a, a very strong payment partner for us. Um, uh, we have a rev share model with them, and um, where we get kickback based on the volume that we create for them. Uh, so we're super excited about being together with Clearo. Um, Will we be with Clearo forever? Who knows? Uh, will I be the CEO for CDOM forever? Who knows? Uh, no one can predict the future, but what I'm saying is that right now we're super happy about Clearo. Uh, we're working together with them, and we get a level of flexibility. And 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 uh, you know they're listening to our needs, and they're working together with us in in building the best solutions available. Uh, so I, I don't have any complaints about Clearo, to be honest. Uh, could we get more out of Klarna? I don't know. Will it be possible to offer them in parallel? No. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. That's all for me. Thank you. We have another question from David Reed of Lizard Investors. Please go ahead. Hey guys, uh, just last one for me because um, I think they remember we, you know, we talked about in the past your cash operating expenses been coming down, obviously demonstrating you know incredible you know scalability in the business, um, and uh, your your opex is coming up a little bit last couple quarters. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about how you guys sort of manage that? Obviously, while investing significantly ahead, you know, widening your positioning, uh, how your thoughts are? You know, is this still going to be around the two hundred million? You know, I think this 2020 was about, you know, a little over 200 million. Uh, how do you guys think about that in terms of, you know, is, is, do you guys feel like we need to increase that dramatically over time? And, and you know, just how much of that is really kind of growth related and you know, how, how much more room and flexibility um, for you to kind of driving more operating leverage as you continue to, you know, drive the three piece business? Yeah, I mean, first of all, first of all, if we look at the 2020 numbers and and we take out the marketing spend, uh, you can see that the, the underlying OPEX, that is the the, the personnel and, and and the resources needed to just run the day-to-day -day business, was quite flat, excluding the the listing and the uh, uh, incentive program for the year. Uh, and then we have, of course, the the, the marketing spend that is variable uh, in terms of uh, it's it's a tool for us to accelerate growth. Uh, so that that is that is a variable cost, uh, which will which will grow. Uh, and and if you look at the the OPEX part or the personnel part, we have throughout the year invested in in, in, um, in new personnel, 
and we will do that as well going forward. It will be, I would say, a lot of specialists instead instead of more generalist people. Hmm. Uh, so there will be an increase in, in, in that kind of resources going forward as well. Uh, but it's fewer rather than many, mm. uh, if you understand what I mean. Mm. Fewer specialists and more generalists, yeah. Okay, great, thanks. Our last question is from Alan Whiting. Please go ahead. Hey guys, sorry to, to jump back in, but I, I wanted to kind of build on on Brad's question. You know, he pointed out that there's 60,000 merchants and we're only 15, we're only penetrated in 1,500. I mean, given your marketplace business, I mean, we, we look at Amazon web stores and we look at some of these things, uh, Etsy and stuff. I mean, it doesn't seem to be a, a huge amount of frictional cost as a merchant to be on multiple platforms. I mean, can you talk to me about kind of how you, you know, view the 60,000, I mean, there is, you know, there is duplication as long as they're not, and even if they're selling on their own website, I mean, is there any reason why, you know, that, they, that, they, that all of these guys can't be on CDN as it relates to, to, to merchants? I mean, everyone's trying to maximize their revenue and their wallet share. I mean, you know, don't you think that, you know, all 60,000 merchants are, are technically up for grab? I mean, how, how do you think about that? And what's the incremental cost to you to onboard a merchant? And, and what are the frictional costs for them? I mean, it doesn't seem like they're very high. Well, you know, yeah, that, that, that is a very good question. Keep in mind that, like in any market, you know, those 60,000, which, by the way, is the Swedish number, it's not the Nordic number. I think you have another 50,000, 60,000 in Norway, 25,000 in Denmark, and I don't know the number for Sweden, but there's, yeah, sorry for Finland. Um, but there's, there's, there's plenty of them, but I mean, these are, there's are different groups. Some of them are services related and we're not services yet. We're products mainly. So you will have some kind of, you'll have, you'll, you'll have some boundaries where we can't be. I mean, we're not super strong in fashion, for instance. So if, if you're in fashion, you know, there, you know, right now, CDON is not the, the best place to go. Um, we're good in other categories. We're great at beauty, for instance, have plenty of merchants in the beauty sector. If you take that, that sector of the market, we should be applicable to many. In some sectors, we're not applicable to many. Then the second factor you need to consider is where, where, where are they security-wise? You know, some of them, they, they, may, they, may, they may be at a size or a position where they don't even have the ability to technically integrate to the marketplace or anything. They, they may be low on digital competency. So in order for us to gain them, as merchants on our platform, we need to help them uh, by offering them maybe integration services or, or something else that enables them to go online, right? So, so, so that is also kind of a parameter that, that needs to be taken into consideration. Um, and then obviously you have the kind of, should I go on CD-ON, should I go on Amazon, should I go anywhere? And that is a commercial discussion that they need to have. I think marketplaces is a phenomenon that has created tremendous value in most markets, and it will do in the Nordic market as well, as soon as people get the hang of it. But then they also need to understand the dynamics behind it, because it's not as easy as just, you know, uploading a few products and then you will revolutionize your business. You need to work with the marketplace the same way you work with Google, the same way you work with any other channel to the customer. You need to kind of serve the customers with the right amount of content, the right prices in order to be competitive. You need to honor your, your uh, uh, delivery times and things like that. So depending on the capability of the merchant, some will go faster than others. But over time, I think 
that marketplaces will be a very valuable contribution to many retailers' business. And our job is to listen to these retailers, understand their needs, and provide them with solutions that enable more and more of those 60,000 to kind of join on. Got it. And and um, quickly, I mean, it's uh, again, I don't know how payments, the payment networks work in Sweden. I certainly know how they work in the United States. I assume they're similar. But it sounds like you have a referral agreement with Clearo, and they're your merchant acquirer. Um, you know, uh, assuming you know the, the, the unit economics are are somewhat similar. Um, if you look at you know SE and Etsy and all these other companies, I mean, uh, you know the, these guys are effectively payment facilitators, and right, they take underwriting risk, but you know they're they're, they're capturing a, a, a much higher wallet share for payments, and so. Perhaps the, the previous caller was, was asking in a more benign way, but I don't do things benign. I mean, if 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 Clearo, you know, doesn't you know substantiate you know better margins from the referral, I mean, what what is stopping you from becoming a payment facilitator? Because that seems to be a very large take rate opportunity for basically every other marketplace business. Hmm. We've seen this path being explored by larger marketplaces in other markets. If this is an area that we need to explore, it's too soon to say. You know, as I said, you know, I don't want to be. <laughs> we, we we switched the platform in October. <laughs> I have I have many other priorities than than than, than going and building just that right now. Uh, will it be something for the future? Maybe, but right now I have other things to prioritize. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I obviously at this valuation, I mean. And and the sales growth. I mean, this is kind of my last question. I mean, we talked a little bit about Domino's and kind of the new CDR. I mean, how do you think about investing in sales and marketing? So so when I think about growing a technology company, and I think many of the people on this call know that I was invested in Park Technology, which was in many ways much more screwed up than this company. But they they went through a heavy R&D investment phase so they could solve their tech debt to serve the customer, which sounds like what what you're doing. And now they're, they're investing in sales and marketing materially to basically now, you know, sell the scalable platform. And so, you know, that's an enter- that's an enterprise solution. It's 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 a lot less local than, than what this is. How do you think about, you know, whether it's television advertising or search or I mean, how do you feel uh I mean call it almost like a coming out party. I mean how how do you feel you're gonna communicate kind of the new C D on to the customer so they know next time to order from you and not, you know, go to the store or whatever. I mean how how do you, you know, what types of things are you guys thinking about to kind of do that coming out party? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, again, you know, you're asking questions that 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 are not fully um, uh, detailed yet. We have we have plans for working on this, but but I'll, I'll I'll let you know that as I said before, we need to get we need to get the customer offering straight. That is super important, and I don't just want to articulate, you know. Oh, CDON is great. Come to us. I want to be able to tell why we're great. In order to tell why we're great, I need to have the proof that we are great. So I'm I'm going to go focus on making sure that you know when when you go to CDON and you search for product, you get what you need. When you want to filter on stuff, you find the filters you need. If you want to check out with CDON, you have a super smooth checkout. If you want to choose delivery uh, one way or another, you are able to choose that delivery. When you call our customer service or email our customer service or chat with our customer service or do something else with customer service, we're going to be there for you. We're going to deliver what you expect. That is the customer offering we need to go and build now based on this new technological foundation. 
And if you look at one of the slides, we've released a lot already since October, and we're going to continue to develop on this going forward. And in parallel with that, we need to kind of iron out where we see value of this and start articulating this to the market. Uh, we want to be super clear to the market why they should come to CDON, not just because we're CDON, but because we add some significant value to their to their uh, customer journey. We want to make their life easier when they want to go and, and go shopping online. And then we can't well, be just any We need to be more. What's great about businesses like this is because the incremental margins on marketplace are so high, there is this flywheel effect, right? If your sales go, you know, 100, you invest in sales marketing, your sales go, then that gives you more gross margin dollars to continue to improve the customer experience. I can promise you Amazon's customer yeah. experience in 2021 was not the customer experience in 2000, right? When everyone thought that Jeff Bezos, when everyone said Jeff Bezos was crazy, you know, that basically had his working capital feeding all this, all this loss, what he was doing yeah. was building effectively AWS and everything else. And so, you know, look, I, I totally get it. It's, it's a balancing act, right? You need that gross margin dollar to continue to improve the customer experience, right? But you also want to make sure that the product you're selling to people is, is good enough such that they come back, right? So I, I, I totally get it. Um, I, I, uh, I totally get it. Um, good. Okay. Well, look, that's it for me. And, uh, that's it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. We do have one further question, if you have time to take it, from Asaf Nathan from Eden Alpha. Please go ahead. Please, please go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. So, so thank, thank you so much. Sorry for uh, delaying the end of the call, but just a quick question. Uh, I've uh, noticed that Cidon uh, does not have any um, application for mobile purchases. I personally, mostly 90% of my purchases is online. And I guess most of the other marketplaces around the world, most of the purchases are done via mobile phone. So I was wondering if you have any plans about um, issuing a, an application for uh, for a mobile phone during this year. We we um, there is a major change. There. The previous platform that was that was desktop optimized. Uh, this one is mobile optimized, and we're constantly monitoring the online. Um, sorry, the mobile share of the total traffic in the Nordics and it's very, very high and we have a very high uh, percentage of customers who buy through mobile. So we made sure that the new, the new platform is, is more relevant uh, uh, for the customers when, when shopping mobile. Uh, app, I've done some analysis on marketplaces across the world. Some have it, some haven't got it. I think it's an interesting one um, and we do have a progressive web app that kind of takes the uh, online page and, and puts it in the app form so you can use it that way. With that said, you know, we're, we're looking into apps as, as one of the possible avenues of creating um, uh, a larger, uh, how should I say, um, connection with the customer. Uh, but I can't say when and how at this stage. Mm -hmm. Okay. But it's interesting. I agree. Especially in Asia. Yeah, I think it's when you're yeah, when you have an app, you know, just go to the phone, click on the app, and then just you can go online. Uh, when you need to surf, open a browser, and then go to cdon.se, I think there is another big deal, uh, an extra hurdle uh, that can uh, actually lose the customer. Yeah, but you're, you're hitting, a, you're hitting a, a spot with me here because I don't like waste. I think I said it before, but I don't like waste. 
So having to go somewhere else in order to go to CD on that is waste, in my opinion. So if we can solve that problem and make sure that we put CD on exactly where the customer is in some shape or form, that is interesting. Because I want to make that, I want to make the customer experience as smooth as possible. Sure. Another thing is that an, an application can send a, a notification. For instance, you know, a, a product that you are following a price drop or a new listing for a seller that you are following to. Uh, so it, it can actually very increase the, the customer engagement. Now we, we know. We know. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Push notifications are great. Yeah. There are no further questions at this time. Please go ahead, speaker. Sorry, we didn't get that. There are no further questions at this time, so I'll hand over to the speakers for any closing remarks. All right. We have received some questions within email, and I think we have covered some of them. But let's let's see here. Uh, um, we're just going through the questions received by email here, trying to see if we haven't covered anything. Um, I think we covered all of it, yeah, we have. Right, well, unless there are no further questions, we uh, would like to sincerely thank you all for both the questions and the great input, and for listening in to us today on this very first earnings call for CDON. It was a great uh, thing for us. I hope you enjoyed it as well, uh, and have a great day.